All right, welcome to another edition of the American Truck Driver Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Polk, alongside Larry Long. And we are going to talk today about opportunities. Uh, The title of this episode is going to be something like the lunatic fringe, something about lunatics. That's going to be uh, something that we're going to tell you a story about. Uh, But we've got a lot of really important things that we want to cover in this episode and we want to kind of dig deep because we want you to understand that um, the opportunity, you know, we, we talk about seeing the opportunity and the opportunity here is an opportunity to, to build wealth, an opportunity to obtain freedom. Trucking is the vehicle. And that's what you'll find out as we begin to talk about this. Trucking is the vehicle that we use uh, to build that wealth. But uh, it's, it's, it's secondary. So we're going to talk about some issues pertaining to the trucking industry today. But we want to talk about some fundamentals and some basics. So, Larry, where would you like to begin uh, as we go down this path? Well, uh, why don't we go ahead and deal with the current events since they're kind of dovetail in here why don't we why don't we talk about that first and then we'll tie it into what our overall message is and part of this is that we we've got two or three weeks worth of subject matter here that we're kind of cramming into one recording session here so we've got a lot of information and and, but fortunately it all does work together we're just trying to figure out what order to give it to you in but let's just do that let's talk about california let's talk about how that actually was timely with our last podcast and um and let's just uh let's start there okay okay so california passed a bill this week and this bill deals with the classification of uh, contractors uh, if you go back and listen to the last episode where we talked about 1099 versus W-2, we, we broke that down and we explained what is an employee and what is a contractor and why it's not in your benefit either as a business owner or as a truck operator, as a driver, to be to either pay someone on a 1099 or be paid on a 1099 unless you own a truck. The bottom line, I think, as far as either one of us is concerned, is that this this bill in California is a response to those of us in the trucking industry not cleaning our own house. And we did not take care of business, and we allowed for some bad practices to grow. And when we did that, we created an opportunity for the state to come in and start throwing their weight around. Uh, and this is happening because of a failure on our part as an industry. Uh we shouldn't need the government to come in and do this, but yet here they are. So this is going to create a lot of problems for owner-operators. I'm not convinced that it's the end of owner-operators in California. Number one, that gives legislation way too much credit because it's not magic. It's not omnipresent. It's not supernatural. It just creates stumbling blocks along the way that people are going to have to move around. So if someone is living in California and they're an independent owner-operator, they're the true definition of an independent contractor, this this bill is going to make their life more difficult, but it's not going to make it impossible. Now, remember, they caused it with the ports. Oh, 100%. You had people there that had trucks, 
making a living, doing fine, and then CARB yep. made them get rid of those trucks, mm-hmm. and those guys couldn't afford to buy new, or they couldn't con- convert their trucks and had to buy new ones, got into these lease got you know got into these lease purchase deals the market would not bear the cost of the newer trucks it just wasn't enough margins that's why those guys were using old paid for trucks because the margins were such that they could use those old trucks and make a living and then the government unilaterally came in and rendered all of their trucks illegal and created a system in a situation where they had to have new trucks in order to do the same job they were doing yesterday and they went from an asset, you know, of zero dollars to an asset of one hundred fifty thousand dollars. And it was either shut the ports down, because if you know, if all the drivers had just walked off and said, "Okay, we're, you, well, you made our trucks illegal, so we're done," well, that shuts the entire United States economy down. So the the freight had to be moved. So other people came in and said, "Okay, well, we'll buy the trucks and we'll just lease them to the drivers." But the margins were not there based on the market. Uh, that had been growing there for years. There was not enough margins in there to pay for these these new expensive trucks. And so who benefited? Well, the government benefited. The truck manufacturers benefited. The banks benefited. The carriers, uh, or not, I'm sorry, not the carriers, well, the, the freight carriers for the, you know, the shipping, and, and all those people benefited, and the drivers got screwed. So that created this environment where, uh, people who were making a living yesterday are not making a living today. And, of course, everybody gets the blame except the government. The CARB and, and the government in California, they get a complete pass. Nobody blames them for starting this. So, of course, now you have people that are that were formerly making a living. Now they can't make a living, and now they're working you know, either as 1099s, they're working as contractors, and they're starving to death, and they're looking for answers. So, again, California decides uh, what they need is more legislation. So <laughs> they bring in more legislation to fix the problem, and all they're going to do is make it worse. What we want to try to do is we want to focus around that. We want to get beyond the classification, and we want to get to the principle, and the principle is service. Principle is hard work. These are the things that are that are going to make you successful, and it doesn't matter what the government says. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It, this industry is so unique in that you can make an investment as little as ten thousand dollars and be making money tomorrow. You know, you can have you cannot have a CDL and in a matter of weeks be in a truck making money. A very low cost, if if not any cost, you know. So that's what we want to talk about because while this this uh, driver classification thing is a problem, the legislation is going to be a problem. There is still a way to succeed, be successful, and build wealth in this industry, regardless of all of this legislation, and it's all noise, and we need to kind of get around to that and talk, well, and talk it, about it. Well, it doesn't really even apply. Like in our case, we don't have independent contractors. We have employee drivers. It wouldn't affect us to begin with. Right. And as long as you're doing business properly, you've really got nothing to worry about. So I don't, I'm, I'm not concerned about it. All it's going to do for us is create more opportunity, right. create more market, 
you know, so it's not a big deal. Right. Yeah, but let, let's talk about what you're what you're talking about here. We we can create a business model here, and we have, where uh, we can use a um, an industry like trucking, which has a very low threshold for being able to get into business. And we've talked about that in past podcasts. It, it's you know, if you've got you know, basically a pulse, you can get in this business, you know, as long as you've got, you know, a decent driving record and, and, and you pay, take care of that. The, 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 the biggest problem you have in this industry with losing opportunity <laughs> is losing your, your CDL through, you know, through, um, yeah. too many accidents, too many tickets, DUI, drug stuff. I mean, th- that's your, Medical. Medical. That's your pass to, to this opportunity. You know, um, if as long as you take care of that privilege, as the state wants to call it, um, then this opportunity exists for you rather uniquely in this industry, I'm, I might add. And as you said earlier, and I'll, I'll re- reiterate that, is that you can, you in this business, you can, with zero credit and zero experience and hardly any, you can go get a truck tomorrow. You could put that truck on with the carrier, and by the next day, you can dump, bump a dock and actually have money in a settlement. And you—that's that's that's, yep. that's so unique, and 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 the the cost of getting into this business is so low, and that's why so many people do it, and when they're not really ready for it, we're we're saying let's take this opportunity, let's use this vehicle, pun intended, to be our you know our our roadmap the way of going about accomplishing what we want to accomplish by doing it through trucking as the, as the overall uh, shell, if you will. And as long as you, okay. like I say, as long as you can get and maintain a CDL and get and maintain, uh, you know, a one-year track record, uh, you, you know, you can write your own ticket in this business, okay? So, Well, well okay. let's, let's start right there. That, that's, that, let's start, okay. let's hit that point. If someone is watching this or listening to this podcast right now and they're outside the trucking industry, I can look you in the face and I can say, okay, right now you don't have a commercial driver's license. You don't have any experience. And I can tell you that if you will obtain a CDL, which is go to a trucking school, you can pay for it yourself out of your pocket. You could have a carrier pay it for you by working for them for an amount of time. If you will get that CDL, if you will go work for a carrier for one year and maintain a clean, safe driving record, you could come to work at a place like Blue Ribbon, and there there are others, but you could come and work at a place like this. We are the best. We are the best. Don't forget that. But you could come here, for example, where you would earn seventy-five to $80,000 a year. You would learn from us and how we do our process. We would prepare you to get your own truck. And within a couple of years, you could be making one hundred and thirty to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, net profit, taxable income, and in as little as ten years, you could be a millionaire, starting from zero. That's that's a mathematical, statistical certainty. Now, 
it takes behavior and takes discipline and, and there's a lot of stuff to it. But if you don't, you, you could start right now today without a CDL, go get a CDL, keep your record clean. Don't run over anybody. Don't kill anybody. Don't tear up any equipment. Do that for a year. Come here, work a couple of years, learn the business, get your own truck. And within 10 years of operating your own truck, if you're responsible and you're service oriented and you're disciplined, you could make a million dollars in 10 years without, without question. Unfortunately, there's so much noise. I was making this point with a guy earlier today. We were talking, he's not in trucking. And I said, you know, we have as an industry, we have created a, uh, an environment where entry into the market, it, the, the door is very narrow. It comes through giant corporations. That's how you get in. You, you have to drive for the Swifts, Schneiders, J.B. Hunts, whoever's doing the training. You, that's the only way because we don't, we don't train. We don't have the insurance to train. We don't have the infrastructure to train. And most other small carriers don't either. So over some period of time, over the last 20 or 30 years, we have absolved ourselves of the responsibility of bringing in and training new drivers. And we've passed that off to Swift and Schneider. And then we, who are the majority of the industry, that 80 or 90% that aren't the big carriers, well, we're shocked that we go out looking for drivers and all we find around us are robots. Yet, they came through a robot training factory. They were trained how to be robots. They were trained how to be wage slaves. And then they come out here, and I'm starting to see some irony in the fact that we're shocked that because we as an industry put them through the robot training camp that they're coming out robots. Well, why wouldn't they? That's That's the system that we've created. And... I can't even really blame the carriers. Why, if I'm going to spend the money and take the risk to train drivers, well, why wouldn't I train them to operate how I want them to operate? I don't want them to question me. I don't want them to understand anything beyond the hood of their truck. So I don't, I don't see well, malice. Keep in mind, in there's it. no formal education system. They're trained by someone else who was trained by someone else who was trained by someone else. So you've right. got this ear to mouth kind of a thing, which. You know, there's no no one sits in that truck and monitors what that training program is. You know, it's it's whatever that trainer, you know. So it 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 self perpetuates. It's not like you bring in critical thinkers who have gotten an education somewhere else and have applied themselves, and you have this different creative out of the box kind of experience. As a matter of fact, that's highly discouraged. You know, uh, that you you probably wouldn't get to stay. If you were that creative and out of the box, you know, uh, because your driver manager yeah. would recognize that and he'd go, whoa, 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 you know, back in the cage there, you know, and don't get, you know, don't get, you know, so those, and that, again, that's what that, but that's what drives people to, to the desire for them to become owner operators is the ones that see that, look, yeah. I can function here better than, than in this cage, you know, that's, that's where the, the, or they know people, they've got other people, that are drivers that are doing it and they're going, Oh, you know, so-and-so now can't, they don't have to do this, you know? So that creates a demand. The problem is we don't have the skill sets and the background and stuff uh, to yeah. stay in the, in the business after, you know, but with no training, but that's what we're doing. That's what exactly what we're doing here. 
Uh, right. And you're right. Um, you know, we we talked about this the other day. You know, right now our our model is our, our first our first big class which we're putting together for next year is going to be ten drivers, ten trucks, ten drivers. Okay. We've got probably half those filled. So we're looking for five drivers, okay, that want to come on somewhere and make seventy-five or eighty thousand dollars a year for a couple of years while getting an invaluable education, and then a couple of years have yep. their own truck and be in a position to make one hundred and twenty to two hundred for as long as they want to do it. Okay. Now our demographic yep. for what we're looking at, there are three million trucks on the road. There are six point some million numbers of active CDLs on the road are, are, are out available to us right now. So we need five right. people, and we've got six million to draw from. And we've got an uphill battle. And and we we've got an uphill battle. to find the right one. Now, here's the other problem, and this will probably get into a little bit of our lunatic topic a little bit, but people think that we're looking for truck drivers. See, that's the problem is that we have mm. – because we're in the trucking industry – we have an image problem or right. we have a, a stereotype situation where we're being painted by the broad brush. Uh, they, Blue Ribbon Logistics with a Facebook ad, we look like XYZ Trucking or anybody else. Well, they're looking for drivers. You know, we get inquiries and stuff. I hear you guys are looking for drivers, you know. And, of course, the easy answer to that is yes, you know. But the truth is we're not, you know. If you really want to be a truck right. driver, we're, this is not the place for you. You know, we're really not. We're not looking for truck drivers because truck drivers, for the most part, don't understand what we're doing, don't appreciate what we're doing, and certainly don't have that heart of a of a servant. You know, um, and let me let me describe it to you this way. We talked about how what, what what's possible in this business. You know, there's no reason that a guy couldn't come in this trucking business, keep his nose clean, get a little experience, and then. 10, 15 years, say, could be independently wealthy, have a million dollars in the bank, and have all the options in the world available to him. Yet, how come nobody does it? Or very, very few people do it. And, it's, and, th- and this, is, right. this is really what, what we try to illustrate, is that because it is so not about being a truck driver, we're, we're going to use right. an example here. We, we've had a young fellow that came on with us a few months ago, and when he when we recruited him, he you know he wanted to be an owner operator, and but more than that, he wanted to be a fleet owner. He wanted to be in my chair in a few years, you know, out of his own mouth. He said, "I want to do what you're doing. I want to have a fleet." But what he didn't realize is that yes, you have to have that core skill set of being a, 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 an adequate, I don't say a good, but an adequate truck driver. You know, you have to be able to back up and hit docks. You have to be able to deliver on time. You know, you have to be able to, you know, to, to do all the things it takes to deliver freight. But that is such a small percentage of what we do. Our, our conscious effort yeah. every day is not about that. And, and especially when we're teaching someone that's coming in, because we're having to, to redirect their attention from those things that should be like riding a bicycle. You get on it every day, you do it. How much, t- how much time do you have to spend thinking about delivering a load? But what you need to be thinking about are the other things. And, and, and this young fellow, he wanted to make big money. You know, he wanted to do the freight that pays the best. Well, 
to do that, you've got to be a pretty good trip planner. You've got to be a pretty good time manager. You've got to be a pretty good problem solver. You've got to be able to look ahead and see what's coming because you're working under the constraints of an ELD and hours of service. And, and all these, you know, uh, what, what, when customers are open, when they're not open, you know, holiday weekend, when all these things factor in to the, your ability to make this big money because if it, it, you just don't show up whenever you want to and it worked that way. You know, you know how this works. And right. so to make a long story short, you know, young fella over a holiday weekend, he, he, he made several judgment errors in his time management and therefore wasn't able to deliver the freight, you know, and did not realize, you know, and, and his yep. complaint was, well, you guys have put five or eight loads on me at one time. Well, yeah, that's what we do. If you're going to make $100,000 a year, you're going to have five to eight loads on you at any one time. Otherwise, there's no conce- yeah, consecutive, consecutive. Yeah, sure, over consecutive a period of two load, weeks, you know. You know? So, but if you don't do it that way, you can't plan yourself out far enough to be efficient enough to make that money. And that's the, um, the, the, I think, I don't think he understood. I mean, in his mind, the people that he mentored or or modeled himself after, uh, called and got a a load or two at a time, you know, and which is fine. I mean, the, the industry does that, but the industry also averages 65 grand a year, you know? So that's kind of what we're talking about here is that the, the, everybody has this opportunity but how many people actually take advantage of it how many people really really do it and you know everybody's heard this thing you know doing and knowing what to do and doing what is two different things you know and uh, we all know what we should be doing but do we all have the discipline to do what we know to do and not just take the easy way out or not be lazy and, and take you know and decide that you're just gonna So yeah. that's you know, that's that's what we're that's what we're talking about here. And and in tying this back to the California thing, you know, uh, that whole mess out there just was because our industry just got very lazy there, you know. And now the government came in, fixed it up for us, yep. you know. So um let's go back to the uh, let's go back to the, the opportunity thing. Um you know the thing that makes what we do so unique is that it's so counterintuitive. You know, um, we it, it 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 we have developed a model that that works. We we've got a vehicle here uh, with trucking and and especially with our carrier Landstar. Uh, and and the reason we use Landstar again is because it truly is the only example in I, in this industry I can find that it is it's the free market. Uh, you know, we can we have complete control. Um, there is no limit. There's no restriction. Um, so we can take our philosophy and we can work it in the Landstar system, and it doesn't restrict us at all. And that's why we're here. But we can take right. this opportunity and we can explain to people how that I mean, why is it that someone can come to work for us and in a year or two own their own truck and be making 120, 150, and more thousand dollars a year, where the average owner operator in 2018, the best year on record in this industry, the average owner operator made sixty five thousand dollars. Why is it that we can teach people how to make double that? You know, well, it's because we don't do things like everybody else does. 
Well, and I think I think it's important to it's important to point out for context that because you have absolute freedom as an owner operator, well, you can you may see a guy that made sixty five thousand dollars last year, but he probably only worked six months out of the year. There's an opportunity, obviously, to uh, set yourself up to where you don't have to run 140,000 miles a year. Uh, and that's possible. And so if you only want to make 50, well, you can make 50. You just don't have to work as hard to get there. You just have to make sure that everything else about your operation is sustainable. Your truck's paid for. You've got a good maintenance program. And so I, I would I would guess that there were a lot of people that instead of uh, – taking advantage of 2018 to make big piles of money they just worked less and made the same you know they 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 made the same amount of money they made in in 2017 they just worked 30 percent less which is which is fine if you if you if your operation is set up for that now we we don't operate that way um because we cannot pay a driver you know, if we if we operated our trucks that way, our drivers would make thirty thousand dollars. And we make nothing. You know, well that nobody's going, and we make nothing. But Obviously, back, we have to. But be get profit. back to your original point, though, Chris, and that is that we're not trying to teach people how to be trucking companies. We're trying right. to teach people how to become independently wealthy, independently wealthy. Right. Okay, so you don't do that by taking the best year on record. And working half the year and sitting on your ass the other half the year, okay? Right. So there's the problem with right. that. That's the problem with that right, right. there. I mean that, and, and that goes back to what we're saying. Right. We're when we are recruiting people, we're recruiting people that would not do that. That's that's part of what we're looking for, is the certain individual, you know, right. that's hungry. You know, now they're going to come to us. They're going to they're going to already be in debt. You know, probably very much in debt. Um, probably not very good time managers. And, and lots of skills that they don't have, but they're going to have to have right. if they're going to be extremely successful in any business, much less this one. So that's when we say we're not looking for a truck driver, that's what I mean. I mean, you know, it, it, I, I need somebody that, that, that is hungry. I need somebody that is sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, they don't know how yeah. they're going to do it. But they, they, they really want to do it, you know. And and we can yeah. we can use this trucking thing because it's so easy. And I, I'm going to piss a bunch of people off, but a monkey can drive a truck, okay? I mean, look at me. Look at me. I started driving a truck when I was 55 years old, okay? I made more money in trucking than most people will make, you know, ever. And and I don't, I'm not that right. good of a truck driver, okay? This industry has so much opportunity, you know. Now, if you're a good truck driver... You probably can make even more because I have to watch the loads I take. You know, I don't go to New York City. You know, so um, but you know, it. The point I'm trying to make is that it's so easy to get in this business. It's so all you got to do is take care of that. I can't stress to you enough. You know, take care of that CDL. As a matter of fact, while we're talking about that, let me just give you a couple opinions here. In my opinion, you you it's it's you're stupid if you don't have a dash cam. Okay, uh, because it just takes yeah. one. He said, she said, and now you're out of this opportunity. This opportunity is great, but you have to have that CDL to take advantage of it. 
So a dash cam, I even yeah. think you ought to go ahead and get a prepaid legal service and have that in your in your in as part of your team, um, because you know today, I mean, I, listen, I was really lucky, but I was running freight uh, about a year ago, two years ago actually. I was doing a dedicated automotive load from northern Ohio to Kansas City to the Ford plant out there. And I got off of whatever it is. What's the what's the road, the, the highway that goes from from 70 up to Ford plant there? I, what's it, 635 or something I think it is? or Anyway, anyway whatever that yeah, bypass yeah. is. And I get off there, and a guy, a, a four-wheeler, Pulls over right, I mean, cuts me off right in front, of me and then stands on the brakes. I mean, just stops on a dime, and it was all I could do not to hit him. Now, if I had, if I had hit, if he, if I had hit him, and I hadn't had the dash cam, well, you know how that story's going to go. You know, I had zero defense. Now, fortunately, I didn't hit him, but I had a dash cam, so it showed very clear because I downloaded it right then, just in case. You know, this numb nuts came back, you know. And so it showed very clearly exactly what happened. Zero question. That could have been the difference right there between me having a CDL or not. Right there. One instant, one split second on one day. And we need to have this job for 10, 12, 15 years to make our goals. Okay? So you got to be careful that something's not going to happen or a series of things are going to happen. we got a guy right now we'd love to hire. Okay? You know? Here, here's the here's the pisser yep. about this. Okay, here's a guy that is is doing a is doing a, a, a new kind of a job. He's doing a, a, a I guess you'd call it a store delivery kind of thing, delivering yeah, yeah, way out here in delivery. these country places where Chris says that you have to drive down a goat path to get to it. And and so he has bumped a couple of things, and being the guy he is, stand up guy, you know, National Guard guy, you know, just you know. He has reported everything, okay? Well, now, because he's had a couple of these incidents, we can't hire him, you know? But now the guy that took my mirror off the other, the other night while my truck sat at the truck stop while I was going to buy another truck took, took both my mirrors off the right side of my truck and didn't leave a note, didn't tell anybody, just left. He's a safe driver, you know? He's out here working now. Yep. And I've got an honest guy that reported everything, mm-hmm. and now he can't. The point I'm trying to make to you is that without your CDL, this opportunity doesn't exist for you, okay? Um, And this opportunity is so unique because, like we've said over and over again, you can get in a truck today, you can bump a dock, you can have money in the bank in the morning, you know. I've been in a lot of businesses. I've never been in any business where I can make this money this quick, you know, without a huge investment of time, experience, money. So this is why we see this opportunity as being such a great opportunity because you can get into it for nothing. You can make – look, I listen to Dave Ramsey all the time because I drive at night. And I listen to these guys every night call in, every night, one call after another after another. And you know how he does. He starts asking, well, what's your debt? What's your debt? He, most of these people have got 20, 40, 60 – I had one last night, 200 and some thousand dollars worth of student loans. And he goes, well, who's the doctor? None of us. Who's the lawyer? None of us. They were some kind of a, I don't know, they didn't even, couldn't even get a job in the field. It cost them $200,000 to get, in, you get this degree. They couldn't even get a job. So how many years do you have to work? I mean, this person was making $40,000 a year now after spending two hundred grand to get an education. He's making forty grand. How many years do you have to work to pay that student loan back? 
Okay? You can come here. Let's take a worst-case scenario like I did. You come here. You take the money out of your pocket. You go to CDL school and pay them six grand. You go work for another company for a year and get paid as a company driver. But then you, there, where, where's the student loan debt? You don't have that, you know. You could even go to work for a training company and probably not even have to pay for the six grand. They'll probably give you the CDL training as part of as long as you stay for a year. So I mean, you can get in this mm-hmm. business and be able to. And, and by the way, the person that spent two hundred thousand dollars for their education, they're making forty grand a year. You can come in this business as a company driver and make fifty or sixty thousand dollars a year, you know. And without the student debt, yeah. you can be on owner. You can come work for us and make eighty thousand dollars a year, and in a couple of years make a hundred twenty, hundred and fifty with no student debt. So this, you know, yeah. so I mean, how long does it take? Say you come to us, and you got a bunch of credit. You know, say you know you're like most people. You know, you bought too much shit you didn't need. You know, you got you know you got too fancy of a car that you don't need. You know, you got credit card debt. You know, so let's say that that's the case. You know, at eighty grand a year working for us, how long is it going to take to straighten that out? You know, and then if you, uh, when you get that straightened out, and we get you in your own truck where you're making one hundred twenty, one hundred fifty, how many years does it take for you to put enough money in the bank to where, you know, you're independently wealthy? So that's what I get get excited about, and that's why when I say we're not looking for truck drivers, we're looking for people who want to become successful. Where did we see the indentured servant? Somebody made a post that, that they couldn't. Uh, it, it was a Facebook post, I'm pretty sure, where they were complaining about the, you know, the situation they were in. Because I made a response. I said something pretty smart, Alec, to him. Unindenture your ass. Quit. Unindenture your ass. He was in a job, and, and I, you know, I, like most of these angry, entitled truck drivers Ignorant. are, you know, they, he's complained about. Um, how many miles he was driving or whatever. I mean, I don't know what it was. But anyway, but he made the comment that he was an indentured servant, you know. And I, I'm looking at this, I'm thinking to myself, no, wait a minute. First of all, I don't think you probably even know what that means, but it, he's trying to say he's a slave is what he's trying to say, okay. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. If you're a slave, that means you can't leave. That's If you're a slave, that means you don't have any choices. If you're a slave, we don't. We don't have slavery. If you're a slave today, it's by, it's because you want to be one, okay? Just like yeah, our last podcast. If you want to be a slave and be a 1099, that's your that's on you. You you don't have to do that. You you don't have to take that job. You don't have to work for that person. You go find. There's plenty of people out here doing it right. So if you if you're if you're an indentured servant in the trucking business, you're a moron. Is all I got to say. Because there's too many opportunities out here where you can, you don't have to be that. Um, but here's the other side of that story. We only see half of that, okay? See, so the other side of that story is is his dispatcher or his truck owner or whoever it is has got every bit, just as many complaints about that guy as that guy had about the job. I can tell you right now. That, that guy, oh, yeah. that guy that, what he's not saying is that, well, here's how many appointments I've missed. Here's how many, you know, here's, here's what I've done. Here's, you know, there, there's, a, there's a reason, you know, why he's in that situation. Um. Well, and even with our driver, you know, um, that that called us lunatics. That's where yeah. That let's came from, let's expand on that in a minute. Y'all, y'all are lunatics. I'm not. I'm not the one that took the brakes. I'm. I'm not the one that. 
I'm not wasn't driving the truck. I you know we had a guy working work for us for ten days, Chris. Okay, this guy was on Facebook just pissing and moaning about how Landstar BCO screwed him over. Okay, and I saw it. Yep. I kind of felt sorry for him. I thought, you know, you know me. I'm always trying to help people. Okay, so I look at this. And I think, well, okay. I do know for a fact that BCO screw over people. I've seen it. Okay, no, no question yes, about it. That happens. So I, you know, I, I get a hold of the guy, and you know, we got an empty truck. I'm like, okay, well, come on, you know, here, this one won't screw you over. Okay, come on, let's go to work. Bent our ass over backwards, you know, and got yes, him man. here. This guy goes down, t- takes a load to Laredo. Okay, takes takes a 34 hour break down there. Okay. Gets in after a 34-hour break, gets in the truck, drives an hour and a half up the road, and takes a 10-hour break. Okay? Now, there's your slave. Okay? There's your ignorant moron slave yeah. right there. Okay? It's not, it, it's not the industry. It's not his truck owner. Who does that? You know? Guys on dedicated freight has to be at a certain place at a certain time. Drives an hour and a half down the road and takes a 10-hour break. You know? And then drives a thousand miles on personal conveyance four hours to undo what he what he did, um, <clears throat> and was yeah. shocked. I mean, beside himself. Well, I can't. I can't, I can't believe they, I got in trouble for that. <laughs> Think so. <laughs> really, yeah, you're surprised, yeah, well, are you? <laughs> so anyway, I'm just, the point I'm trying to make is that you know. You got to, you got look. You got to bring something to the party here, okay? Yes, we have the opportunity. We have, a, we have, a, we have an outstanding opportunity. But if you come to work for us and you end up thinking that we're the lunatics, look, we had the wrong guy, okay? As much as we want it for him, he's got to want it for himself just as much, and he has to understand that we're not trying to, we're not running a truck driving school here. We're not even, we're really, I mean, we, look, if, if I, we end up having to, I but haven't that's ridden not a the, bicycle yeah. in probably 20 years, okay? Maybe longer than that. But I guarantee you, I can go out here and get on one and ride it. I, I, I promise you I can do that, okay? So if you're a truck driver and you've been driving for a few years, you don't have to think about driving the truck, Okay. Yeah, that's why we don't hire new people. That's why we hire experienced people. Because that stuff's got to be second nature to you. I'm not saying you got to be out here and be mind-numb, but that shouldn't occupy the majority of your brain matter, you know. The, now, right. th- that, that should be like getting up and brushing your teeth, okay? Uh, so now let's take what, what you're not of your brain that you're not using to drive a truck Let's take it now and let's give you the skill sets that you need to become a successful businessman, a successful, independent, wealthy person. We can't do that if, if, if you're struggling to drive the truck, if you're struggling to trip plan, if you're struggling to meet customer requirements. It's hidden yeah. for you, you know, and, and. And that's in, in every industry. There, there are winners and losers. Okay, you know I love them, God bless them. But everybody's not going to get a trophy. You know I've said that over and over and over again. There are winners and losers. Now I, I know that's not politically correct, but you can buy a truck, and you can get in the trucking business, 
and you can fall on your ass tomorrow, okay? And there'll be another guy right next to you that will be just knocking it, knocking a home run. And here you can't even get out of the dugout, mm-hmm. you know? And and that's the beautiful thing about Landstars because everybody, I don't care if you've been here 30 years, you've been here 30 days, everybody here gets the same low board, <laughs> the same phone numbers, the same agents. The only difference is what that person's done by building the relationships in the time he's been here. It's the only difference. There's no advantage yep. whatsoever. Nothing that you can't, there's nothing that I did that anybody that comes on after me can't do, you know. And a good thing about coming on Blue Ribbon is that not only do you get to to, to bring what you bring to the party, but we're going to give you everything. You by by all logic, you should leave here smarter than all the rest of us because you're bringing something to the party, and we're going to give you everything we got. So in in three or four years, you should mm-hmm. be better than us because you had something when you came, right? You see, and that's really and that's and that's yeah. also a good point is that look. You know, we kind of got this little thing going here where we're thinking we want to run ten trucks, you know, for a couple of years, and then maybe, and then maybe if we have got people that have that heart of a of a of a of a teacher and a heart of a servant, and they want to, you know, maybe we could expand this opportunity to where they can then come on manage ten trucks. You know, this thing could be exponential. You know, but but we feel like our. Uh, you know, our comfort zone for giving everybody the, the amount of attention that they're going to need is going to be 10 for right now, you know. But down the road, who knows? You know, who knows? We might find another Chris Polk out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we'll take it. Uh, so we talked about the CDL and just that basic tenant, you know, that you have to have the license and you have to be able to keep it. In my view, the thing that separates uh, the truck drivers from the operators is the ability to serve. You have to have an attitude of service that you're not, um, your personal needs are not your motivation. Meeting other people's needs is your motivation and your needs are then met by your input. Um, and there's just a, it's just a, there's just such a horrible, horrible attitude society wide. Uh, and it is amplified, I think in this business, as much time as drivers get to spend by themselves in the truck, staring out the windshield, believing everything they think, um, we are seeing, um, you know, people champion this move by the California, uh, government, uh, and, and cheer it on. You know, hey, yeah, it's about time. We need somebody to protect us. Well, if if you're looking for someone to provide you your security and protection, uh, I can tell you right now, don't ever buy a truck. Don't don't ever don't ever be self employed because you are going to be miserable and probably going to fail because if you don't understand that your that your liberty and your freedom uh, is defended by you alone, uh, you're you're really really going to have a hard time uh, at this business. You're you're just not going to understand what it takes to be successful and how you're going to be able to partner with other people, and you're going to be able you you have to make deals and you have to see opportunities and 
if if you have this mentality and this mindset, um, if you allow someone to create an enemy for you that doesn't exist, if if someone creates an enemy for you, and then they step up and say, "Hey, that's your enemy," um, so you better let me protect you. I just don't. I just don't have enemies. I have, uh, I mean, obviously I have people, there's, there are boundaries around me, and there are people that I won't, you know, associate with or, or whatever, but I just don't have those adversarial relationships in my life anymore because I choose not to. I don't have an adversarial relationship with agents. I don't have an adversarial relationship with a carrier. I just, I don't. It just doesn't happen. And I see in my social media feed, I read through down through there, and I see Landstar drivers whining about all these agents, all these agents this and these agents that. And I'm thinking, you may have had one agent do you wrong or at least do something you didn't understand. But the fact that you're lumping, you know, more than a thousand different agencies all into the same thing because you had one marginally bad experience. I can guarantee you, you're the well, problem, not the agents. Okay, because here's the deal. If you think you're going to go through life and not have adversarial or, or, or things that don't go the way you think they ought to go. Go your way, yeah. Th- that, look, there's a skill set right there. You have to be able to navigate that. You have to be able to you know, decide whether it's worth it for you to put up with this relationship or not or, or, or just don't participate. But there again, that right there could be the stumbling block between between you being successful or not. How you handle that situation you just said right there. Are there bad agents? Yeah. There's also very bad truck drivers that they deal with. So if they have an attitude with you, it's probably because the other truck drivers they've been dealing with all day before they got to you were, were jerks too. And, and they, just, they just haven't wiped it off their face yet. There is a possibility that uh, maybe he is a jerk. Okay, well then we're not going to do business with him next time, you know. But if you let that affect you, yep. like Mister Lunatic, uh, he was offended that agents would want him to make check calls, or that or that they were going to call mm-hmm. him and check on him. They 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 had a tracking. They wanted him to put a tracking device on his phone. By God, you know. I mean, uh, let me ask you a question, buddy. Who is writing the check here? You know the old rule: guy who's paying the the tab gets to gets to decide what the order's going to be. If you're writing the check, you have every right to know where your freight is, twenty four seven. You know. I'm trying to think of the line. I can't remember it. Oh, I don't need to be tracked like a, like teenage, a teenage daughter. daughter. Right. Cause every hey <laughs> cupcake, stop acting like a yep. teenage daughter. <laughs> you know, look if that bothers you. I mean, th- there's there's the problem right there, you know. Y- you haul freight for somebody yeah. that's paying you to do it. And if they want to know where it is, I mean, you don't have to do that. But do you think you're competitive now? Do you think that that person will use you again, you know? Um, I, I just, I don't know. These, this blows me away. But, but, that's, but those are the little things that we talk about when we're saying we're not looking to hire a truck driver, you know. If, if you, if that, if you, if you think that that's, the way you ought to run your business, do me a favor and don't call us, okay? Don't, please don't, all right? 
So I don't like to invest 90 days in you to find out that that's your attitude. Just tell us up front that, you know, you you have a shitty attitude. Yeah. You know, you don't like taking care of customers, you know. <laughs> so we did a couple of interviews. We, we, we got a couple of guys coming on we're pretty excited about. And we did, uh, because yeah. we're so far apart and we're so busy, we decided to do our interviews on Skype. And it's the first time we've done that. And Chris and I were, were Skyping with the prospective driver and, and I don't know if I don't we haven't talked about this but I don't know if you notice or not but you know there's not one and I not and Chris had already talked to him on the phone I, he sort of set this up for me to, to 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 kind of be it was like the last interview but I don't know if you noticed or not Chris but I didn't ask any of him about truck driving you know the questions we asked him were like where do you want to be in five years how do you feel about mm-hmm. this how do you feel about we didn't even ask him Really? What the, I didn't even ask them what they made. You know, I don't. I have no idea what they make. You know, but the point I'm trying to make is yeah. that's not who we're interviewing. Obviously, they got to meet minimum qualifications to come to Landstar. But there again, to me, that's just the given. You know, everybody that drives a truck, yeah. you know, ought to be able to qualify to come to Landstar. I mean, that just means you've you've got so many years experience and you got you didn't run over anybody. You know, out of those six million people that have that CDL, how many of them have the other skills? And even if you don't, yeah. look, the only skill you really have to have to come here, and it's the one thing that you have 100% control over, and Chris, you know what it's going to be, attitude. I don't care. As long as you can drive yeah. a truck and do all the things that we need to do to keep your CDL, if you don't know anything about anything, just come with the attitude, you know? Don't. We're not going to get mad about yeah. the agent calling you five times. And, and you didn't answer the phone in the first four, and you you pissed because he ca- keeps calling you. The guy wants to know where his freight is. I mean, how freaking hard is that to figure out? You answer know? the phone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's remember, though. <laughs> this is the guy when we first hired him. I sent him a text. And I got him on the phone, and I said, hey, man, I sent you a text. And he said, oh, man, I don't, I don't, look at I don't answer text messages. I don't, I don't do text messages. I said, oh, you do now. <laughs> he also doesn't listen to alarm clocks very well, evidently. So Right, yeah. I can teach trip planning. I, I, can, I can teach how to buy fuel. I can teach how to drive for fuel mileage. I can teach backing. Right. I can't That's teach exactly attitude. Right. I, I can't. It is 100% I can't fix that. controllable by, by the individual. You, you Every morning you can establish your attitude. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's, it, it's just you and the world. That's all there is to it. You can decide this morning when you wake yeah. up, I'm going to have a good attitude today. Or you can decide that I'm going to just be, you know, screw the world, you know. So, um but but those are, but but look you know and 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 Dave Ramsey they he they've got this they they've studied like I don't know a uh, hundred thousand people who've become millionaires or something I don't know he's got this latest book and they they yeah. have now they've tracked all these data points for people who've become wealthy you know and there's a lot of common things that they find you know well look attitude is way up that list you know. People that get that that don't yeah. inherit money and don't get it like that, but have to have to go out and make it themselves. Pretty much all of them have a good attitude. 
and and they, and they they got they gained the other knowledge, but you can't gain a good attitude. And I think, I, I want to use this word in a non-negative context, ignorance. As far as the definition goes, of just not being aware, just not knowing, ignorant. Ignorant of is not the same as stupid. Okay, ignorance you can fix. Right. Even I, with all of my experience, did not realize until I came to work here that I could make a living and provide for my family as a company driver on a W-2. I did not believe that until I came here. And so there are drivers right now driving trucks, company trucks, and they believe, well, this is it. This is the best I can, this is the best I can do. You know, I'm making 60, 65, whatever. I'm making 40. I'm making 70. The This is it, you know, because I, I mean, I sat at a truck stop countertop the other day and I heard a guy across from me, man, you just can't make it. You just can't make no money. There's no operator these days. You just can't do it, man. And I'm thinking, you're an idiot. I make $100,000 a year as a company driver right now. I'm at a fleet where we got five trucks, and, and this moron is sitting across from me. You just can't make no money. There's no operators days. You just can't do it, man. You got to. And I'm thinking, how sad it it would be to have an attitude that sucks that bad and to have a perspective that is so far off that you don't even understand the industry that you work in. You're so clueless. I, I mean, I just and wonder if being at stupid everybody hurts. else to fight their battle. I'm looking at one right now on, on, on Facebook. There's, have you seen this new one, United Coalition of American Drivers? It's a new one. Their mission oh, statement. Uh, help our members and work with businesses in the trucking industry. As you know, we are completely being overregulated out of business. That's their mission statement, okay? So we as owner-operators and company and lease drivers are ready to stand up for our rights. Our mission is to help guide all drivers through the process of all strategic changes in our industry. We support hours of service change to stop drivers from driving fatigue. This is another thing that gets me, okay? Where, where is personal accountability? You know, why, why do you Dead. have to feel like you got to join with a bunch of other miserable people that do not have any personal accountability either, and y'all together collectively are going to come up with, with with personal with some accountability. You know, this this uh, this thing we're talking about um, with this uh, what's the other group called? Uh, truckers, truckers united. Uh, and then of course we've got the Black Smoke Matters and all the other groups. You know, those. I mean, I feel sorry for those people. I mean, they they are the most miserable people. They have, uh, for whatever reason, they have lost uh, their ability to compete in the marketplace, okay? Um, now, whether it be through thick-headedness and not willing to, you know, adapt and change to the current business climate, maybe their equipment is not practical in today's market, I don't know. But for whatever reason, they're no longer competitive and so they think that the only way that they're going to be able to stay in business is for them to all stand up together and, and unite and, and, and be able to have this, this uh, impact on the market by this collectivism. Uh, I don't even know how to answer that. Last year, Black Smoke Matters had this event. They were going to shut down the country, okay? Everybody's going to show up more. Oh, they were yeah. going to have all these thousands and thousands of trucks in Washington, D.C. 
oddly enough, it was it was very very uh, close to the to the Louisville Truck Show in terms of time, and uh, and they were talking oh, about how yeah. they were going to have all these trucks up there, and they were going to they were going to hurt the, uh, the 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 business with the shutdown. Okay, and they were talking about having I don't know five thousand trucks or something. I don't know. It wasn't very many, but but they were convinced that they were going to make a difference. They were they were going to impact shipping on the, there was from a Friday to a Monday over a weekend. On top of that, that everybody's supposed to shut down, not haul freight, and we'll we'll teach these shippers and these brokers what it, what it'd be like. And I'm thinking to myself, I think I even posted, guys. There will be 60,000 people in Louisville, Kentucky, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. 60,000 people, nobody even notices that they're all there together except the people in Louisville. But you don't see shippers, you know, panicking and, 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 and trying to, you know, trying to get their freight moved that weekend because the Louisville truck show is going on. And I thought to myself, you know, if 60,000 people aren't going to make an impact, What's your little piddly-ass little group going to do, you know? I mean, wh- why, why are we wasting our time trying, you know, to, to form a union? That's really what we're, that, what we're trying to do is let's form a, let's form a union right. where we have power in numbers, you know. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't see much, you know, people can't, the, the, the unions are trying to get into some of these um, non-union Assembly plants, tr- uh, cars, and they won't even vote. The, the people there going, hell no, we don't want you here. You know why? Why would I want to give up? You know all the benefits that we have, everything, all the 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 the, the job we have to bring you in here and I have to give you my money for you to try to get the same thing I've already got. Why do I need that? Right. I uh, I was actually just um, this Truckers United post. I just now read it. I saw Kevin Rutherford had shared it because they mentioned Kevin in here. So I was just reading it and I've got to, I I have to address this. I I can't leave this alone because this thing is filled with so much just bullshit that it's, it has to be addressed. Okay. Concerning California's proposed bill, AB five, I'm all for it. Misclassification hurts. Each and every driver out here on the road. The two-check system is a viable option. Well, it's not, but first and foremost, lease purchase programs are a con. Which he's serious because he put three exclamation points. Lease purchase drivers must be cheaper to run, otherwise they are not needed. A company truck with a company driver costs X cents per mile to run. This is true. This could be the only true sentence in the whole post. A leash driver must be cheaper than a company truck or they are not affordable to the carrier. A leash driver is going to be cheaper. We know this based on the W-1099 issue uh, episode because it costs more. It does cost more to run a, to hire a driver than it is an independent contract. That's what, what he's saying is somewhat true. Uh, the carrier takes a hit in profit in leasing trucks on if the company truck is cheaper to run. It's irrelevant. Okay, now here's where the really good stuff get. In 1980, the mileage rate was at 80 cents per mile. That would t- be 264 miles a day. Now, this is what George W. Bush back in the day called fuzzy <laughs> math. All right, number one, there's no citation about the mileage rate in 1980 being 80 cents per mile. 
I know it was 85 cents per mile when I was on a U.S. Express back in the day driving for an owner-operator. That would be 264 mile a day. So he's made some random uh, inflation calculation to get from 80 cents to 264. And then he uh, he says, well, Kevin started a mileage rate of 76 cents per mile in 1988, as I understand it. That would be a dollar 69. Okay, so again, he's reaching, trying to, to, to make a point. And then he says, today in 2019, the mileage rate is around a dollar a mile. You asked me earlier when we were talking about this off the air, is this guy an owner-operator company driver? He's 100% not an owner-operator because... He's a moron. Not even the spot market index is down at a dollar a mile. The spot market index even still is still close anywhere from a dollar sixty to over two dollars. So all you would have to do is a simple thirty second Google search to find out what the average rate is in twenty nineteen, and it's not a dollar. So this guy is a moron. Now I heard someone say you, you listen to Kevin a lot. This JoJo, yes. is that this guy? Yes. Pat Hockaday? Yeah. That's the guy. Okay. That must be his picture <laughs> uh, up there. Okay, let's let's just say, for the sake of argument, that what, some of what this guy says is true. None of it is. It's all, it's all horseshit. But let's just say that it was. How's the government going to fix that? Same way you? they fixed detention. Same way they fixed... Uh, my comment was, if they can't stop these robocallers from calling me every day, how in the hell are they going to fix this? Okay? <laughs> that was my comment to the guy. Tell me something they have fixed. The, the government does one thing good. Military. Pretty good at that. No, no. The best well, thing yeah, they do is well, collect money. That's, that's the best thing. But as far do. as the programs go, but the only one I can think of that's better than if it were private would be military. Everything else would be better off yeah. if it was privatized. I cannot personally. Now, now granted, my, my personal belief system gets in the way of this a lot. But I just can't get by the fact that if you believe in 2019 with the wealth of information, historical context available to a human being sucking wind on planet Earth in 2019, and you believe that a state government or the federal government is capable of or interested in protecting you from anything, I think you need mental help. I think you, need, I think you should seek a counselor. That, that, is a, that is a level of Stockholm syndrome that I don't think we have yet seen before. Well, but, you know, it, it comes down to the bottom line here is that, the, you know, there, there's, there's a certain number of people that know that they're able to take care of themselves. And there's a certain bunch of people that don't want to take care of themselves. They'd rather somebody else do it for them. And it gets to back down right. to that personal accountability thing again. You know, uh, unfortunately, that's our society. I mean, and, and, and truck drivers are just a cross-section of society. Um, but, I mean, that, that's yeah. never going to change. You know, we're not. We're not going to change that. But that's why, I mean, look, the majority of truck drivers need to be company drivers, you know, because they got somebody there. They got benefits. They've got, you know, 
they just have to show up and do the job, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't want to take the opportunity away from anybody, but I just I just think that allowing drivers, and I said this the other day, other po- other podcasts, allowing drivers to come in and, and, and choose company driver or lease operator, I just think that that's, that's completely, I mean, you, you might as well just go ahead and shoot the guy and get him out of his misery right then and there because he's just going to die a death of a thousand stab wounds between now and the time he gets out of that truck, you know. <clears throat> but, you know, everybody has a choice, you know, and uh, some people don't realize, though, that they're not prepared for that that choice. And, and so you got losers, you know, uh, and then and then you got winners, you know, the people that, that look, get out of my way. Give me an opportunity. Let me just do this. OK, I don't know how you I don't I don't know why some are, are one way and some are the other. I don't know the answer to that. I'm not you know, I'm not a sociologist. But I know that it's that that's the case, and um, you know it, yeah. it's just like you know, everybody can't be Bill Gates. Somebody's got to flip the hamburgers at McDonald's. Okay, I mean it, that's right. just the natural order of things. You know why the why do people in trucking expect it to be indifferent? You're not going to have three million people in trucking making two hundred thousand dollars a year. It's not going to happen. Okay. There's going to be two point two point nine nine million that are going to make thirty five to forty five to fifty five sixty five thousand dollars, and there's going to be a handful, you know, percentage wise, that are going to make a lot. It, you could start. You could yeah. you could take everything away from everybody and start everybody at square one tomorrow, and the same ones that were making two hundred fifty thousand dollars today. They'll be they'll in in a year they'll get back to where they are, the ones that are on these pages here trying to get please come save us government, please rescue us you know mm-hmm. we can't we can't do this we need somebody to protect us you know uh, they're gonna be right back where they were. I'm just wondering when's the government gonna come along and and be created that protects me from these people, <laughs> you know that that's what I'm looking for you know it, and of course it doesn't exist. The, the the there is there is nobody to protect well, me from them. How, you, know? you know, I don't want to get into politics here, but I mean, the government wants these people. This is what makes these people are voters. Okay, oh, loves them. You know, so uh, oh, yeah. and if they're and if they, look, if the government's handing stuff out, all right, then you know they got to have people to hand it out to. Uh, that's you know oh, that's yeah. preservation. Absolutely. You know? So. That's that's Absolutely. that's serving your market. <laughs> that's having the <laughs> that's having an attitude of service yeah, and taking that, care of your customer, right? And if you don't have enough of them here, right. you just you know you just go find them somewhere else and bring them over, you know. So, I guess to focus in a little bit more, you know, the idea of building wealth and the the same things that work in the trucking industry to build wealth are the same things that that work to build wealth and, you know, as a doctor, as a lawyer, as a plumber, as a electrician, whatever else it is, the the principles are the same. We just happen to be using trucking in our situation because it's what we're doing. But, you know, if, if we were, if, if this was blue ribbon electrical solutions and, and we were stringing wires in houses somewhere, we would probably still be doing the same thing. 
teaching people how to run and operate a business successfully and efficiently and then hopefully getting them to go on and, and repeat the process and do it with others, you know, that what we're doing here is, is in well, trucking. It it's is. where and, we ended up. You know, uh, it, 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 it's just a fluke that I'm in this business. But, you know, I realized early on that there was a, there was a tremendous opportunity here. I mean, I, I was just, I knew nothing about it, you know, had nothing at all. But once I got into it and saw what I, you know, what I saw, I'm like, wow, you know, this is, uh, this is really, really, really going to have some opportunities. And then as we started developing this model of doing, you know, of keeping your costs low and, and, and being efficient and so forth and realize what the profit margin was, you know, and then, um, uh, I, I, you know, it, it, it just, I mean, it just smacked me in the face. I mean, I, I'm, I saw opportunity everywhere on this deal, you know. The thing that, that amazes me about it, though, and you use electricity, you can use any, anything, you know. The, 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 to be an electrician, first of all, you gotta, you, there's a long process. You, get, you, you can't just be an electrician. You've got to have a journeyman's license, okay, which means you've got to be an understudy there for a number of years, you know. And then when you decide you're going to do it, you've got to go buy a truck and fill that truck full of stuff, you know. I have a personal friend. You said electrician. You didn't know this, but I've got a personal friend that, had, that is an electrician. And, uh, and what it costs him to get in business, you know, it, it keeps most people from being the, the journeyman. You know, most people in electrician work for somebody else because they can't afford what it costs. To, to, you know, it costs $3 million a day to open a, a McDonald's. Okay, three million dollars to open a McDonald's. I remember it cost one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, mm-hmm. you know who's got that? You know who's got that kind of money? Okay, come to trucking, go get your CDL, spend six thousand dollars. I don't know, maybe not. Go to go to work in a job that you can make eighty thousand dollars a year out of the gate. Okay, with you've got you've spent nothing. To get the skills to make that kind of money, mm-hmm. we we've got. I mean, there, there's, remember we have a driver shortage. So I mean, you know, in my opinion, the two things you could do and this that always guarantee yourself a job is either be a nurse or a truck driver. Now, being a nurse takes four, five, six years to do. You know, and you're going to have that student debt thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you can get a job anywhere. You can mm-hmm. move anywhere in this country and get yourself a job tomorrow as a nurse. Okay. And you can do that as a truck driver, you know. And mm-hmm. what if you what if you invested? What if you got invested? Now, this is also the reason why truck drivers don't make more money because they've been in the business twenty five years. Okay, the same reason why it's easy to get in is why it doesn't reward people who've been in it for a long time. Okay, because right. after all, once you teach a monkey how to drive a truck, okay, he's still a monkey. All right. He's just a more experienced monkey, okay? But if you're running mm-hmm. Schneider or Swift, you know, and you look at, okay, if I've, got, I've got to pay a 30-year monkey, you know, X, doll, X number of dollars an hour, and I can pay a one- or two-year monkey a tenth of that, yeah, that monkey's mm-hmm. going to have a record, too. There's no difference no. in what the truck does. If the truck's got a 30-year driver or a one-year driver in it, it's still hauling the same freight. It gets delivered pretty much the same way. Now, the young guy's going to make a mistake. He's going to wreck, okay? But Mm -hmm. that's just the cost of doing business. Still, the differential between the young guy and the old guy 
is a ton of money, a ton of money. So that that's yeah. all you know. What what what's you know what's good for the goose is also good for the gander here. So you know, it, it costs nothing to get in. That but that's why I say you, you know I don't personally I don't see this as a career. I see get in here and work your ass off for ten years and get out. You know you don't have to do this forever. It's hard work. You're yeah. away from home. I drive thirty four hundred miles a week. You know. To keep one of our customers taken care of. Now, I only got to do it for another couple of weeks. But, you know, but look, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do. But let's roll our sleeves up. Let's get busy. Let's do it. Let's bust it. And then let's do something else. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you got, if you got a million dollars in the bank, you, well, you, you've got some, oppor- you've got some investment opportunities Absolutely. in front of you. Uh, yeah, that's, um, I mean, I, you, you've talked often about the difference, you know, that you just kind of ended up here and I've loved trucks since I was a little boy and I, I like trucking, I like traveling, I like the machine itself. So I have that little bit of truck driver in me and I'm okay with that, but that's not where my ultimate identity lies. I think that's, you know, well, I'm a truck driver. So, so what? I mean, what what does what does that matter to your children? What does that matter to your wife? What does that matter to your friends? It, it, if that's all you've got, I'm a truck driver, and that's the only identity you're carrying. Let me tell around. you something I learned a long time ago. If you pick your closest five friends, you all five average about the same income. Okay. Now, if you keep that yeah. as your circle of friends, you're always going to make what they make. The only way that you break yourself out of that is you got to surround yourself with people who are making what you want to make. Now, you talk about identify, okay? They don't identify. They identify with a set of goals. Again, you can use a lot of different tools to get to what your ultimate goal is going to be. That doesn't mean you identify with that. That's just the route that you either chose or you fell into. A lot of times it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, um, it's generational. You know, your father did something, you fell into it, and, and that just was the road that you knew because that's what you were familiar with. That doesn't necessarily mean, number one, had you been choosing that, you might not have even chosen that road. But the point I'm trying to make is that you, you got to figure out where you want to be. When we interviewed these guys, we didn't ask them too much about where they've been. We asked them where they want to be, okay? Then you've got to surround yourself with people that are where you want to be. Because if you stay with the people that are where you are now, I don't mean you kick your friends out, but I'm just saying you expand your circle of friends to include people that are where you want to be. That will rub off. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it'll be a subconscious psychological change that you'll go through because then you'll start being like those people and you'll look up and you'll and now your circle of friends will be different people they'll be people at where you are now not where you were yeah hey we, we look we were yeah. you had friends in high school right you know uh, i look back i had some really good friends in high school i'm not friends with them now was that before or after the dark <laughs> and the flood and all that or just right after some of them didn't some of them didn't okay. live through the flood 
You know, Some of them didn't make after it. After being around the number of people I've met in my life, I see now why Noah didn't take any many people on the boat. He only took animals. <laughs> okay? So I get that now. So. Yeah. But if you think about that, that's that's kind of a it's pretty heavy thing, but but it, it it's it's pretty true, you know? Now but but yeah. you know, if you read a lot of self help books and stuff like that, it'll say the same thing, you know. You 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 don't look. If you're gonna if you're gonna go in business to do something, you don't go to you know, if I'm gonna what we, we've been using electrician or whatever. If I'm going to be the best electrician in the world, I want to go be around electricians. That's what I want to be. Okay, you know, I, right. I don't, I don't want to go talk to my broke ass friends about how to be a millionaire. They don't have any idea. And number two, they really no, don't they want don't me quit. to do that because your friends don't really want you to outperform them. Okay, deep down inside, they're very jealous right. if you get above your raising. Okay. So that's mm-hmm. another reason why you don't want to do that. You know, if you if if you really want to do something and you really want to be a certain person, a certain identity, you got to go find those people and be with them. You know, find out what they do. One of my one of my friends from high school is a chiropractor and a really really stand up guy. And he ha- I don't know if this is his quote if he stole it from somewhere, but I'll credit him. He said, "Don't ever argue with idiots." They will bring you down to their level and beat you with experience. And that is so, and there have been a couple of times I've gotten a lot better about it, but I remember at some point in the last year or two, I got into a conversation with a guy somewhere and it hit me in the middle. I was like, Oh no, you're arguing with an idiot. I just walked off. I just, I just stopped right in the middle and just walked off because I thought, God, there's so many precious minutes in the week, and I'm not—I'm just not going to stand here and argue with this moron anymore. It's just a complete waste of my. I precious had to get time. out of a Facebook group for that very reason because I could not resist. You know, I get in there and I—I I would like, oh, I can't. Oh, I got—I got to respond, you know. And I end up spending so much time, you know, in this group debating that it was—it was like this is not. This, I'm, this is not helping me at all. I'm just down. I'm down here right. arguing stuff with people who are morons, you know. So I, I, I understand fully what you said. You know, is that you, you just can't. As much as you take that one step further, as far as helping people, you know, we, we, we've listen. We've busted our ass to try to help some people. That, but there comes a time when you got to cut bait, you know, because it, it just, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're, you're just going to drag yourself down if you continue. You know, trying to help somebody that can't be helped. You know, unfortunately, that's the that's the that's the the truth here. They're just they're just a, now. Maybe uh, maybe cupcake will come around in ten years and and realize that, you know, and and you know maybe maybe we give him a second chance. I don't know. I told I told him the day that he met bring me the truck, and I said, listen, you get a few years down the road, and you want to try sure. this again, call me. You know. And his response was, "I'm not going to lose my yeah. redneck attitude." I bet he does. I bet he does. Yeah. Well, at some point, he, listen, I can attest to the fact that there comes a point in your life that you've been broke enough, you'll do all kinds of things that you I, said. I you just bet he does. Do. That's all I'm going to say. I, well, I, you know, yeah. I, I we've used him as an example here, and and I, and I haven't, you know, listen, I have nothing against. I mean, listen, what we do here, it's not for everybody, and we'll tell you that right up front. If you're not wanting to work hard. Because, look, we, we, we don't want – this is not a lifetime deal. We want to come in. We want to work hard for a few years. 
you know, and then we want to move on. And, uh, I mean, if you decide you want to be a truck driver the rest of your life, that's fine. But you're going to be a million-dollar truck driver the rest of your life. You're not going to be a, you know, going to be, you know, going to be yeah. struggling and broke and, you know, making decisions based on desperation. Well, that's not going to happen. If you come here, we're going to fix you, teach you, show you the, you know, the error of your ways and give you a direction to go and, and, and show you the reasons why. And it, 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 once you see it, I mean, it, it you know, it, it's kind of, you know, look, we're lunatics, Absolutely. We're lunatics, okay? If you don't believe it, take one of our trucks into a shop and ask them to air the tires up to 125 and watch them, watch them look at you. You must be a freaking lunatic, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, go in and tell them how often we change oil and ask them. And, 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 and if, you could, if you could hand them a word to, 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 for them to spit out, it would be lunatic, you know? Now they look at you and they don't say mm-hmm. anything, but in the back of their mind they're going, this yeah. guy's a freaking lunatic. You can take anything. About, our business model is so lunatic compared to the industry. I mean, I can't. I, 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 yep. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna send him a Christmas card and thank him for the lunatic because I couldn't. I didn't. I would never come up with it, you know. And it's even more appropriate for me because I like driving at night. You know, lunatic comes from lunar, and I'm a lunar driver. Okay, so it even fits me even better. But I listen. I'm a. I'm gonna get me a hat. I'm gonna say I'm a proud lunatic. Okay, and uh, because I mean, honestly, that's what we are. We compared to everybody else in this industry, but let me tell you something else. Uh, in just a few short years, we're going to have a bunch of drivers that are going to have lunatic bank accounts compared to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what I would, what I'm hoping to see, is that drivers come through our our program and they start recreating exactly. our program. And, and each, if each one of them, uh, there, there's right, your pyramid exactly. scheme. You know, if, if, if ever, if every driver that we train and turn into an owner operator will go and do 10 of their own, uh, we can make an impact on this industry. Like and if not the industry, at least people who need a vehicle to success and are willing to do this yeah. industry to get there, you know? Yeah. Right, because you don't, you do not have to have the DNA of of Jerry Snowman Reed. No. You you don't. Certainly, there's probably some percentage of the population that is is literally incapable of learning how to drive a truck. But it's not. It's there not hard, and many. it's easier than there it's ever many. been. It, and if and look, if they don't, they probably don't have any of the other skill sets either. Because I, I mean, look around. Go to yeah. truck something. Look around. Okay, just look around. I mean, how how yeah. how hard. Can it be to drive a truck? Honestly, I mean, yeah, just watch, very, watch very them for diverse. a while. I mean, just watch them, okay? In this industry, you will find one of everything. There is every possible yes. demographic, every every race, every religion, every ethnicity, every sexuality, everything. They're all they're all Absolutely. represented in this there, industry. There are PhDs out here driving trucks, you know? And then there's people mm-hmm. that can't get out of their own way. Different reasons brought yeah. them into the industry. From a bit, from an investment standpoint, from from a from a from a self-made person. Now, again, people that inherit money—that's a whole different story. But if you're starting from square one, or in your case, or in a lot of people's cases, starting from negative twenty, okay, there is no. I, I'm telling you right now, there is no better opportunity than to to reverse your situation. And put yourself in a situation where you can be independently wealthy. If you can go get your CDL and hang on to it, then this where are you going to go make a hundred? Chris, 
How, where are you going to go and make $100,000? And I don't mean this as a slam. Do you know I don't? You know, I love you. But with your, in, with your, with your education, your experience, your background, how, where, where are you going to go make $100,000? Nowhere. Okay. No, no, nowhere, not without, uh, you know, six, eight Or a lot of money, school. a lot of investment. Yeah. So, or, I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's a tough job in that you're away from your family and you're driving a truck and you're working 70 hours a week. I get that. But, you know, a lot of people do that for a lot less money with no upside opportunity. Oh, yeah. You know, they do it, and, and they're going to have to do it from now on. You, look how many truck drivers out here are 65 years old and still drive a truck, can't retire. Now, look, just because you get, get in a truck and get here, it's automatic? No, no. But I'm just telling you, if you will come here, if you'll keep your lifestyle uh, in check, get yourself out of debt. I mean, bust, do the Dave Ramsey thing, okay? Eat rice and beans and beans and rice and, and you know, do... Beans and rice is no, not, it's not keto. It's just it? neither one of them are. <laughs> <laughs> we have, have to come up with one of those, yeah. Keto, bacon uh, and eggs. Okay? Bacon and eggs and eggs and bacon, okay? Yeah. But yeah. there you go. Hey, I can live on that. Now you ruined my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, you know, he also said he has no. Lifestyle. Keep he, your lifestyle. He has, you know, down. live like no other, so eventually you'll be able to live money. like no other, you know. So you got to do all the stupid yeah. things right now that people think you're crazy for doing, you know, like working hard, getting out of debt. Not buying a truck on credit, not going out and paying one hundred fifty thousand dollars for a truck, and then trying to make a make a make a uh, you know a living paying that payment, and not buying a thirty and forty thousand well, dollars pickup right. truck. Either. That's right. But you know, I mean, we we just bought a truck for our fleet for ten thousand right. dollars. You know, we could buy three big trucks for what you paid for that stupid thirty five hundred dollars. You can't driving. reward yourself with that someday. But let's wait till you can write right. a check for it, okay? So yeah. we we want to get out of debt, stay out of debt. Don't go back into debt. Don't make stupid decisions, okay? And and don't you know don't be like don't be like those other five friends of yours, okay? You're going to lose those friends because if you do what what you should do and what we're going to have uh, hope you help you do, they don't want to be around you anyway, okay? Because you're going to eat well that or you're going to convert them. You're going to turn them into you know wealthy truck drivers. Yeah, take them with you or leave them behind. This is a real opportunity. And by the way, the, out of you six million people out there, we only need five of you. Okay, five more, and then our then, and then our class yeah. of twenty twenty is done. I mean, we're going to keep teaching. We're going to keep helping people. We're going to keep, you know, we'll we'll start the list for twenty twenty one. But we're trying to get our twenty twenty class together right now. We got five slots open. So. um I expect yep. uh, Monday morning for our email to be full. Yeah. Well, speaking of email, that's uh, Chris at BlueRibbonLogistics.com, Larry at BlueRibbonLogistics.com. We have uh, the website if you are interested in, in being a driver. That's BlueRibbonLogistics.com. You can go there and click on Drive for Us and give us some basic information there, and we'll get in touch with you. You can find us on social media at an American truck driver and at blue ribbon logistics. And uh, we, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of disappointed in some of y'all people. I'm going to take you to the task because we have not received any text messages or voicemails yet on our hotline. And uh, we, we have a hotline there for a reason. Uh, that hotline is 413-24-TRUCK, 413-248-7825. I'd really like to have some voicemails to play, you know, on the podcast so that we could, uh, 
answer questions. We'll be that way. we'll be so, nice. We'll uh, be nice. We won't be hard on you. We won't even use your name unless you want us to. I'm going to let you make that promise. I'm not making that promise. Because there's some people that's going to leave a voicemail in there. They're going to deserve what they're going to get. So that's it. We're going to shut this one down for now. Get in touch with us. Please share. If you like the content you're getting, share it with people. You know, send them an email with the link. Um, Share the Facebook. uh, You know, share it on the Twitter. Share it on your Instagram. Share it wherever you can. And uh, and just let us know how we're doing. And uh, with that, we're going to shut it down, everybody. Thanks and be safe.